This Game Source podcast is being brought to you by our friends at Gamer Protection Guild. The GPG is looking out for every gamer's needs. Find them on Facebook and like them. Gamer Protection Guild. Third-party publishers. Well, hey everyone, it's the world-famous Game Source podcast, episode number seventy-five, and it's me, Gerald. Yes, Elvis lives right here for you tonight. It's going to be a special E3 2013 preview on the third-party publishers. That's right. The third parties get their own dance right here on YourGameSource.com and the Game Source Podcast. And with me tonight, a very, very special guest. You know him as the host, because Chris is not here, so I can't just <laughs> say that. Of course, when he's here and you're not the host. But right. uh, when you both are here, I, I, you know, you two seem to fight over it. Well, uh, yeah, I would, I would consider ourselves co-hosts. So. Fair enough. Until egos kick in. Well, I am better, so... There you go. <laughs> See? It's uh, GA77ER. Mr. Corey, how are you this evening, sir? I'm good, sir. How are you? Another beautiful day in Paradiso. And E3 2013 right around the corner. Right uh, around the corner. That's right. We're both looking forward to it, and I can't wait until everything gets started got a lot of great stuff going on on the site right now at yourgamesource.com. We've got a six-part series that I'm going to be putting up in an E3 preview from none other than Angry Nick himself. I've done a lot of reviews in the past few days, so check them out. A great article from Joel as well. Our June preview of some of the hottest games that are coming out by Bryce. And, of course, besides the E3 podcast previews that you've been listening to over the past few days... I don't want you guys to forget out there, and gals, to forget out there about the awesome CNC podcast. It's back. After one year, it's back and back strong. Isn't that right, Corey? It is. It is. It's technically about 51 weeks, not quite a year, but it is back for sure. And where can they actually get all that great CNC goodness? 
uh, straight from yourgamesource.com. Uh, we, in conjunction with the other, with these podcasts that we're doing here, uh, just our own separate CNC podcast. That's right. It's actually on the left-hand side. Their channel listing for all their podcasts is right on the left-hand side. Plus, if you get our absolutely free mobile app, which you can either just click on Chris's face on the front page or get the link on our Facebook site at GameSource, you can actually just download it free, and there's a separate channel specifically called GameSource Uncut because it's uncut and it's a CNC podcast. It's a great podcast, and I hope you get a chance to listen to it. And you had a special guest on this time, I think. Isn't that correct? We did. We did. We, did. we had uh, one of our good buddies, Spencer. Uh, he joined us for our, our CNC podcast comeback. Uh, and it was really great. We had a lot of fun. I really do suggest you guys, as long as you're old enough for it, uh, to go and check it out for sure. Absolutely. It was a great, great listen for me. I plan on listening to it again before E3, just so I don't miss any information that you guys gave out. Uh, it was great having Spence on there, and I'm, I'm hoping that he'll uh, decide to do more guy- with you guys in the future on that, because I think he uh, would be a great part of the CNC team. Oh, yeah. We'd definitely love to have him, for sure. Well, uh, also as well, I, I know Nick didn't mention this yesterday, or he's trying to mention this uh, on the podcast that we did yesterday. I will say, don't forget our Twitter, at GameSource, because we've been tweeting out like mad with all the latest news feed info. So if you are on Twitter, check us out, at GameSource. Follow us, because everything that goes on our Facebook goes on our Twitter, too. All the latest links, all the latest articles, all the latest news right there for you. And also, let's not forget our YourGameSource.com, the entire Word YouTube page. We're looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to all the great information that that they're going to get down there, all the great podcasts they're going to be recording down there, and all the great conferences and interviews they're going to attend as well. So I know you're excited, Corey. I can tell. Oh, yes. I have been counting down the days since we came back from the last E3. <laughs> Sweet, and with two new console reveals, it's made it that much better. I think it's probably going to be the best one for quite some time. Oh, I do agree with that. It's definitely going to it's going to have a bigger impact than the past few, for sure. I, I just agree 110% on that one. And to make it even sweeter, there's... With those two console releases, the third-party publishers are just going to have a big-time say in the actual success of either of those new consoles. And a major component of that will be actually, again, like I said, the third parties. Those third-party publishers are a key, in my opinion, and I'm sure a lot of other people's as well, because who you or who we decide we want to play these third-party games on, it's going to be a key to success, at least in North America for for um, all is concerned. I'm sure also as well Europe and, and uh, Japan too obviously makes sense. You know, you, Where do you want to play your Final Fantasy games? Where do you want to go and play your Call of Duty games? Where do you want to play your FIFA games depending on the region of the world you, you live in? It's going to be the key to exactly who comes out on top in worldwide sales in this next generation. So my first question to you is, Corey, after today's announcement by Microsoft in regards to publishers controlling the rights on whether to charge for used game privileges, because as of today, now obviously 
should be like a little, with, with Microsoft, it should be like a little uh, caption underneath, subject to change, like a pay-per-view or something like that. Right, right. Because as of today, the latest news that's come across our news desk at, at yourgameservice.com is that uh, the Xbox One is going to be letting the third-party publishers decide whether or not they want to incur charges for people using used games. Um, so do you see a continuing shift away from the Xbox One as has been indicated recently by the gaming Internet at large? Because if you've listened or you've read the gaming Internet at large, they are just incensed since the Xbox One conference, for the most part, with a lot of people swearing that they will never buy an Xbox One, I will never buy it, it's horrible, what they're doing is a travesty, la da 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 and for the most part, I'm not exactly thrilled with what Microsoft has done either, but my question to you is, do you see that continuing to happen even after the E3 press conferences are all done, or do you think these are just idle threats in the gaming community? At least in North America's concern, because I can't really speak for the European and Japanese markets or South American markets for that for that's concerned. Do you think it will embrace Xbox once again like they have during this console generation? I think at first it's going to have a uh, it's going to have a, a little bit of a hard hit to it, uh, but in all honesty, it could have been much much worse. Microsoft could have said, you know, hey, we're not doing used games at all, and just completely shut it off. But what they're doing is they're giving the power to... Let me ask you a question. Do you think that was their original intent when they were drawing it up? To eliminate used games? Yes. Um, I don't think it's particularly on the used game side of it. I think it's more as far as the the piracy part of it, Uh, as far as, like... uh, The DRM issue? Right, 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 right. So, like, I can see it being... Like, they could have, like I said, they could have been much, much worse about it, much more strict about it to where, you know, once you get this game, that's it. You're the sole owner of it. Once you have it, it's yours. Done. But what they did is they actually give the power to the third party. They give it to the developers who are developing games for the players rather than just, you know, however, like, instead of just doing it just to fit within what Microsoft wants them to do. With that being said, there's a couple things that's, that does kind of that spark up a, a little thought in my head, as far as especially with uh, with EA not doing their their code anymore, they're not doing the ten dollar um, plan. I forgot what they called it. I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh, as far as the online pass? Yeah, the online pass. They're not doing that anymore. But in a sense, they could like. It's hard to see it as, oh, they're taking this away because of the fact that, hey, we don't want you guys to use used games because that's the, the point of it in the first place, you know, is to kind of deter around that. But, like, I could see it being that they're doing that to not allow used games to, like, oh, hey, this is going to be it. That's what I can see EA doing. You know how I feel about EA. Um, oh, Microtransaction City, you mean? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, you know, like, EA, EA loves their money. And I feel like that if they're, if they're doing that, it could be a, a sign that they're going towards that. But me as the gamer is really hoping that they don't, 
just because of the fact that they're they're not doing it for the gamers, they're doing it for themselves, and that's not what the gaming community should be about. I definitely agree on that, and I think it's kind of a shame that they're they're actually imposing their will in such a manner. I, I mean, as I said before, yes, they've left a lot of money on the table, table when it concerns the used game market and things of that nature. I get that. But I just, I think they're worried now. I think it's a PR hit. They've taken such a PR hit that they're changing everything around on the fly and gauging how the, how the market is, is at this point in time. I'm kind of concerned as far as people, people's reaction to it because is it blowing a little bit of smoke that people that are swearing that they're never going to buy an Xbox One are not going to buy it if this, you know, the, these policies continue to hold true? I don't know, because everybody seems to, at some point in time, eventually, as you said, eventually buckle over, even if they're not going to get it right away. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that, I I, I kind of think that uh, Microsoft, at some point in time during development, was really going to be have a hard-line stance against uh, used games, either no used games at all, or they're going to just tax the you-know-what out of it. Uh, right. Either at the point of sale for for you guys, for instance, where you work, you know, reselling a used game, or on the actual customer, you know, up to. I don't think the list price rumors were were unfounded. I think the list price rumors were were actually very solid in in, in ground and based, um, unfortunately, and and I just think that they've taken such a massive PR hit since the actual kind of way they leaked it out. Uh, after the press conference, I think it just has lent itself to them making these changes on the fly. And I don't think they're done. I think they're going to even modify it and tighten it up even more because even today alone, there's all I see is all these news organizations having to update continuously the, the news that Microsoft is putting out because it seems to even today changed once or twice itself already. So my second question, oh, did you want to have something? I'm sorry. Oh no, that's like I, I agree with everything that you say. Like, like I said, hopefully, hopefully it's that's not going to be the case. Hopefully, like I said, they're going to be in it for the gamer and the gaming community versus their own pockets. And like you know, I, I feel like they're they're going to make it more towards the gamers. That's definitely like uh, ever since the reveal, what the the consensus has been is like, oh, you're not caring about the gamers, and I think that they that all these changes that they're doing is to be more inside of the of the gamer and the gamer's favor rather than the entertainment. Now let me ask you a question on top of that when it concerns the PS4. Do you think that Sony is going to follow suit? Now Sony's been smart about this. They've just stayed pretty much quiet as far as and let Microsoft take all the heat and just say come our way. And now everybody, you know, on the Internet, not everybody, obviously, when I say that. It's a loose term when I say that. A lot of individuals on the Internet are now saying that they're going to get a PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4. My question to you is, do you see Sony caving into pressure? Because if the publishers out there, the third-party publishers, obviously are getting some kind of weighing, some kind of satisfaction out of this decision by Microsoft, as it stands right now, do you see them leaning up some pressure on Sony and actually Sony caving in to their demands as opposed to the demands of the gamers at large? Well, the way that I see it is that if if 
pretty much they decide to say, say by chance, they decide not to let it be a used game on Microsoft. And in PlayStation, since PlayStation not like doesn't have a, a, a way of doing that, I feel like they're going to incorporate a way to where, oh, I'm not going to let it happen on Xbox, so I'm not going to let it happen on PlayStation. So it's going to come back to the, to the online pass type of thing to where the console's already saying that they're going to have to be online all the time, so you're going to have to be online to be able to play this game. So I've, I feel like if, if it is incorporated to that type of degree, that it's not going to be left on one side of it. The, the third-party companies are going to figure out a way to do it on the other side as well. Fair enough, fair enough. Because, uh, you know, if it really comes to it, I'm not sure myself how they'll how they'll deal with it. I mean, obviously, it will be great PR for them if they can go ahead and hold out while... Microsoft takes the hit from 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 a publicity standpoint, but uh, I just think that eventually the publishers and the will of the publishers might have their way to you know, and that just is disappointing to to obviously us as as gamers. But needless to say, and on that note regarding changing around and giving the publishers the rights on Microsoft One, uh, the Xbox One. What do you think those third-party publishers do? Do you think it'll be across the board, everybody's going to do it? Do you think some are going to take advantage of it as far as maybe also like a PR standpoint, maybe not do it and, and be able to say that on their box? Or do you think some others are just going to try and find some creative ways to implement those charges? What do you foresee happening if it stands, if it continues to, to be for the Xbox One as it stands now? For sure, the way that I see it is like, like everybody's different. Every gaming company is different. Uh, every developer is different. Some developers make games because they're games that they like to play and they want to share that with the gaming community. Uh, there's there's uh, gaming developers like Double Fine Studios, which is really really good about making games for the the players for the gamers. And there's on the other hand games like Call of Duty that, you know, hey, all we're going to do is just make the same game over and over again every year, so you pay for it. And that's and they're, they're two totally different types of companies, so I feel like they would implement this in different ways. Like, I feel like like gaming companies that's out there for the games, for the gamers, are going to put out their games and not, I don't want to say not worry about the money, because obviously they're in the business to make money, but they're going to be more focused on delivering their message and delivering their their piece of art, as it were, to the gaming community versus just trying to fatten their wallets. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, if, if it's going to be a situation where third-party publishers are given the reins to do what they want as far as accessing money is concerned, you know, your good friends EA and uh, my good friends Activision, uh, Vivendi, they like their money. And uh, they, uh, yes, they, do. They, they I think, are strong believers in you will buy our games no matter what. At least the name ones like Call of Duty, um, FIFA, um, the Star Wars games, if they should come out. So on and so forth. Um, also, as well, you know, Diablo's coming out as well. So, and the and the respawn game and Bungie game. 
you know, though those games will be primarily affected by that, especially from those companies that seem to really care more often about their own bottom line so than the gamer's bottom line, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Moving on to the next question, and getting back to the third-party game as a whole, we've got some heavy hitters showing their stuff next week, and we'll start with some game source voting. All right, here we go. Actually, this was actually meant for a larger crew, but tonight, you know, <laughs> so there we go. I'm pretty sure I can answer for about half. Uh, that's crew, true. So. The answer is Gears. The answer <laughs> is Gears. The answer is Gears. <laughs> uh, which title will do better in the first year release for consoles, and why? Your first choice: A, Destiny from Bungie; B, Diablo 3 from Activision; and C, just announced today, Titanfall from the uh, Respawn Entertainment. Makers of, well, the original, a lot of the crew that was responsible for the Modern Warfare series. So, we just talked about those games as a, as a, just a second ago. So, what do you think? A, B, or C? Um, In the um, first year, because that's, I, I put first year because Destiny is obviously, they have that 10 year life cycle for the game. Right, right. And, and with games too, the, the first week is what matters the most out of, gaming in general but as far as like i would say for the first year and everything the one that's going to do the most success is going to be destiny hands down really even over diablo 3 even over diablo 3 diablo 3 doesn't like diablo diablo 2 in the original diablo had a very huge following um i think with the quality of work that went into diablo 3 which in my opinion is still a great game um but like it wasn't it doesn't, in my opinion, have the playability or the replayability of Diablo and Diablo 2 because um, it feels more structured and more confined in comparison to the other two. Um, I don't feel like it has as much of a following. As well as you have more of the casual console players that is already used to the Halo name and to the Bungie name. And as soon as Destiny comes out, it was as a game through from Bungie, it's definitely going to have a bigger bigger impact than Diablo, hands down. My choice actually will be... Well, it's kind of difficult because Destiny, like you said, really looks like it should be the best. But if Bungie pops out a, a service or a fee that is going to necessitate even more than what you're already paying for for the actual game, then might be kind of iffy there. And Diablo 3, even though it has sold over 12 million copies, according to Activision Vivendi, I still think there's a large base of individuals who want to get their hands on the game from a console standpoint. And Titanfall are the, from the makers of the Modern Warfare series, so that's kind of a tough one. But I think I'm going to have to go with you on Destiny, simply because of the fact that it's already, you know, they've done a great job already as far as leaking a little bit by little bit by little bit. And I know they'll have more to show us next week, but I really think it's it's gotten a lot of people excited in the right way. And I think come this fall when the game is made available, I believe that it will probably be the best selling of those three titles in the first year as well. 
Okay, next question. Is Grand Theft Auto V making a mistake by not also going on next-gen consoles right away? And I mean right away in the first year, because at this point in time, they have actually zero plans to be on the next-gen console with Grand Theft Auto V. Eventually, it will probably come out at some point in time in the life cycle of the unit, but as of this point, it's not going to be right there at launch. So A is yes, B is no, and C is maybe so. <laughs> um, I would have to say that it, it's going to have an effect on it, definitely, because people are, like, there's already talk about there's no backwards co uh, compatibility. Sorry, I can't talk tonight. There's already words about no backwards compatibility. So with the release of, of Grand Theft Auto in September, and then the consoles right around the corner in holiday 2013, a lot of shoppers are going to think about, oh, well, if I'm going to get this, I won't be able to play it on the new console that I want. So, you know, what, what am I going to spend my money on? What am I going to hold out for? And so I, I definitely see it affecting the sales of it. Regardless, it's still going to sell a whole bunch of copies. But uh, I do think it's not going to do as well as it should. I kind of agree with you on that one as well because the fact that uh, it will not be available, at least initially, like I said, on the next-gen consoles. And you, if you want to play GTA V, you're still going to have to have your PS3 or your Xbox 360. And I think even early on, people are just going to make a choice to trade in their PS3 and 360s and just say, you know what, I've had my fun. I don't need the backwards compatibility because even though a lot of people were making a, a big stink again, this console generation, this past month in February, when it, they talked about not having backwards compatibility, the same thing happened when the 360 and PS3 came out, and very few people actually were concerned about backwards compatibility, if unless they were playing Halo 2 or maybe the God of War games on the PS3. And that's outside of that, that was really pretty much it. But I just don't think that it's going to be a big issue there. Do I think it's going to be a mistake by, by not being on next-gen consoles? Yes, I actually think it's going to be a mistake because I think there's going to be people that who wanted to buy it but only have that next-gen console in their hands, and unfortunately they'll just be buying other games instead in, a, in lieu of not having it available. So that's two yeses, two agreements in a row. My goodness. Oh, my. It's, it's kind of weird not having people on here to disagree with us, Gerald. I know, I know. Where's Nick when you need him? Right. Yep. <laughs> I think he's uh, washing the, the hat, the famous, the infamous hat. <laughs> he's getting it ready. Yeah, yep, because it's pretty stanky from last year. Uh, you know, well, we won't go into that. But uh, which AAA title will fare the best this holiday season? A Watch Dogs? B, Battlefield 4, C, Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, D, Call of Duty Ghosts, uh, E, Disney Infinity, and F, FIFA 14. Now, I will, as you know, the Call of Duty Ghosts is, is it's a new series, it's supposed to be a new storyline. It may go the same way, it may be a big thing for, for Activision, 
then again, it may not be because people may not like some of the things that are going on with it, some of the new changes that are made, and the Call of Duty series as a whole is uh, drifting a little bit on the downside in sales, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, I do believe so. do believe so. So what would be your answer, kind sir? Um, that would be kind of a toss-up between the two, and it's two that I really don't want to that I wouldn't hope for, but it would be between Call of Duty or FIFA. Because FIFA always has huge, huge amount of sets, sales, especially worldwide. Well, and, and I know this to be a fact as well, but on our last podcast, which you can listen to at yourgamesource.com, episode number 74, um, about halfway through, take a listen to what Angry Nick says about the FIFA series, and that might change your opinion about him altogether. <laughs> uh, good way or bad way? With him, is it ever good? <laughs> but yeah, like you like said, the Call of Duty series always sells a lot. FIFA always sells a lot. So I would say out of out of the the six that you put on there. Like it would definitely be one of those two for sure. But you gotta give me one answer. Just one? Are we okay, are we talking about worldwide or are we talking about US? We're gonna talk worldwide. Worldwide FIFA fourteen, hands down. So FIFA fourteen will sell more worldwide than Call of Duty goes. Yes. Very interesting. That would be the first year for them to do so. Yeah. So that would be uh, very interesting. You know what? I think I'm going to have to agree with you one more time. I think I'm going to go okay. out on a limb and go on FIFA 14 as well. I oh, think okay. uh, its sales, I think, was $12 million as well. Electric, electronic Arts reported. I think it's going to hit 15 and I think Call of Duty is going to come back down to the 14, 15 range. So I think in a close, close race, I think FIFA 14 might get it. Although, look out for Disney Infinity. You know, I... I'm sure people that were reading the script from our staff originally uh, earlier this evening were probably thinking that was a joke, but uh, with the success of the Skylander series, mm-hmm. I would never underestimate. And the bar- marketing power, if Disney puts it you know, behind it, because this is really their own game that they're making exclusively. They don't really make video games themselves. They, they are now lending or, or licensing their material, outsourcing it for... for most of their titles, as far as that's concerned. This now, is, I do want to bring up, though, right when Skylanders was coming out, there was Disney Universe that came out, which that one didn't do very well. True, but this one is really, I think, going to have a lot of marketing power behind it, and I really think with... Uh, I think it'll actually not only latch on to the boys, but I think actually it'll latch uh, on to the girls as far as it's uh, getting the figures and whatnot because they're able to attract to, to both marketplaces as far as you can throw in Incredibles, you can throw now a Star Wars, you can throw in Marvel characters, but you can also throw the Mickey Mouse Princess characters on there, and that just makes it just, oh, my goodness. The potential there, I think, is even... It's greater. Yeah, it's greater than Skylanders in theory. So. Oh, yeah. Now, is it is it being created by the same people as Skylanders? No, no, it's not. It's like I said, it's an in-house Disney project. It's one of the few in-house Disney projects that I that we are aware of at this point in time. Because, like I said, they 
after Epic Mickey 2, they kind of let go a lot of their video game making companies as far as it's concerned. They've closed them down. They wanted to concentrate on social games, mobile games, and games of this nature, which they could, you know, create a mass audience for. And they were going to license out, you know, for instance, the deal with EA. They're licensing out the Star Wars series. Right, they license, right. they, and they licensed, they licensed Activision, the Marvel series, for, you know, Deadpool coming out later this month. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, and then you've got uh, anything relating to either the Lego series or or any of that, that they're, they're just going to license out because I think at this point in time they don't foresee making video games as a worthwhile imp- enterprise for them unless it's something they can do in conjunction with selling toys or some, selling something peripheral like they're doing with Infinity. So. Yeah. And they know the mobile market is doing good, so that's why they're, they're going, going to that market and staying in that market as well. Keep your eye on that one, but I think I'm going to have to go with FIFA 14. Just like Mr. Corey, so there you go. There we go. At this point in time, you would hear Angry Nick still laughing, but that's <laughs> that's another story. We're going to take a quick break right now, and right after the break, we're going to hit into our round table of doom. We'll oh. be right back. Doom indeed. <laughs> Back at the world famous yourgamesource.com, GameSource podcast number 75. That's right, 75 indeed. Three quarters down to 100. Oh my goodness, it's been quite a ride. I think you were, your first one was in the teens, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it's, it's been. How long have I been with, this, with uh, your game source? Uh, 2011? Or 2010? No, I see 2011. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it started right at, like towards the end of 2011. Yeah, October. Uh, October 11, 2011 was your first podcast, number 14. By the way, if you want, everybody wants to go back and play it. It's on our podcast page. It's right wow. there to click. Just click on Corey's face. It's and there. You go. Or actually, you click right next to Corey's face. I, the links are. You, can, you guys can click on my face anytime. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, since number 14. So, and we appreciate, as always, still having you on anytime. You're always welcome. You know that. He's a great part of our staff. Uh, and then uh, you're playing through uh, an XBLA game, I think you are? Uh, yes, sir. All day I've been playing State of Decay. Would you would you like me to elaborate on it? Oh sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Go for so, it. So yeah, definitely. I've uh, yeah, every all morning this morning I've been playing uh, State of Decay. I've actually been following this game for three years um, since it was actually first announced um, as Class Three, um, and I was really really excited for it to come out and everything like that. It's uh Basically, the the game revolves around uh, survival and post-apocalyptic, basically, zombie world. Uh, But not too post-apocalyptic, because it's, like, right when it happens. Um, Within, like, actually, like, a week or so of it happening, which is really cool. Um, But 
Like basically, you the point of the game is it's a third person, like strategy type of role playing game, to where um, basically you have to collect like supplies and everything like that. And you have a home base, and you basically fortify your home base. You pretty much decide what to build in there to upgrade, like say, uh, like to create food or to create better weapons and stuff like that. So um, when you go out and about where the zombie infestation is, you can have better weapons and better uh, tools to combat the undead. Um, you get, like, different missions and everything like that. And all honesty, it's, it's been pretty fun. I've been pretty much uh, glued to the TV all day long, and um, I've been having quite a bit of fun with it. Uh, I can't wait to uh, get my hands on it myself. I'm hoping that you'll be able to, if you get a chance, be able to provide us with a review for it, uh, and I look forward to perusing that as well. Definitely. Sweet. So on to our world-famous roundtable of doom. Doom. And just a quick start on that, we want to thank everyone again. Catch us and follow us at GameSource on Twitter and also GameSource on Facebook. So that being said, it's the roundtable of doom. And the first question on the roundtable of doom for Corey is... Which unannounced third-party game will be announced at E3? And which would you love? I know, back <laughs> to the love episode, if you remember that one. Love to see announced at E3. So, I, when, I, when I first read this and everything, I, I thought long and hard about it. And I kind of came, I, I found a, a little loophole in your question. And Did you now, sir? Yes, yes. So basically, what will be announced is definitely going to be at least one Star Wars game. Technically, there's going to be three Star Wars games that's going to be announced. Um, Do you which, know which one? There's definite like consideration of them to where there's like basically what we're looking at is is dice doing uh, theirs. From EA, which which their Star Wars game is more than likely going to be Battlefront Three, which if we're going to have the we're going to be in the press conference for EA, and when they announce this, I will be screaming like a little girl. (laughs) I will let you guys know that right now. I am I'm giddy just to think about the fact that Star Wars games are going to be coming out again. There hasn't been a decent Star Wars game since. I kind of like Force Unleashed, but I know yes, yeah. yeah, Force Force. I I actually really enjoyed it. I was thinking of uh, the Old Republic, the MMO. Um, well, which you can actually. Uh, it's free to play now. Yes, it's actually free to play, mm-hmm. and uh, also as well the Knights of the Old Republic, which uh, Jamie just did a review for the iOS version, which just came out last week. Oh, I didn't know they came out with the iOS version of it. Yes, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the original Xbox version, just came out on the for the iOS. Actually, it's getting strong reviews across the board, and if you want to check out Jamie's thoughts, just head over to his Insert Here page, uh, which is Degenerate08 at YourGameSource.com. Very nice. So, and actually, Knights of the Old Republic is one of my all-time favorite games, which would lead to Bioware doing one of the... Star Wars games as well, which looks like it could be another role-playing Star Wars game 
which I would be even more giddy about. I'm very excited just thinking about it. And then uh, basically Visceral doing theirs, which that one, uh, it's, I'm not too sure what that would be. Kind of uh, excited to see what that's going to be for sure. Well, for me, I'm going to have to say it would. it's going to be what I think is going to be announced Rainbow Six Patriots. Even though I heard it was shelved, I really think Ubisoft is not going to let Rainbow Six out of their sights because Rainbow Six Vegas 1 and 2 sold uh, very strongly on the last generation. And it's still very well thought of. What would I love to see actually announced? Well, uh, I think I actually have the the cracked footage from Kotaku on our uh, YourGameSource.com uh, YouTube page from it. It's actually Star Wars Battlefront 3. I would definitely love to see that game come to fruition, uh, in the, even in the form that I saw it at. And I heard it was almost done before they shelved it, so I'm hopeful that that game actually gets announced by EA. I would probably have to say Star Wars Battlefront 3 would be my choice on that. I agree with that 100%. Yes, and again, if you wanted to see that footage, uh, what we have available, it's actually on our YourGameSource.com YouTube page. So I will say the next question for the Roundtable of Doom, which third-party publisher will look best at E3 and why? Um, I'm going to have to go back, even though I hate to say it, Oh, I hate to say it. I'm going to have to say EA just because of Star Wars and how giddy I am about Star Wars. I just thought it was funny because that's almost like a song. Oh, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. <laughs> you know, you're going to see that as the next meme on YouTube. And, like, I'll just be auto-tuned. Exactly. I hate to say it, and these, like, little microtransactions are actually coming at you and eating you up while you're trying to sing the song. <laughs> If you want to hear the rest of this song, you don't have to pay $3. Exactly. Go to iTunes. <laughs> but uh, So that's the one that you're, you're saying is going to be uh, an, the look best at E3? It's, it's, going to be, it's going to be hard to say 100%, but for me, myself, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fooled by the fool's gold, and I'm going to say EA because, only because of Star Wars. Uh, I'm going to have to actually disagree with you on this one, and I'm going to say good old Activision. When in doubt, go with, go with the house favorite. Activision, uh, Vivendi, because it's, it's, it's just not Call of Duty this year. Yes, you have Call of Duty Ghosts, you'll have Destiny, you have Diablo 3, uh, but also, well... I think they're just going to throw out at least one or two more surprises, I, I believe, uh, come E3. And I think they're going to do a little bit more on the portable. I think everybody was disappointed in their effort last year with the horrible Vita game. I think they'll probably feel a little bit guilty about that, so I think they may announce even a mobile game that might make up for their really bad performance last year. I'm hopeful of that anyways, so I just think in the long run it's going to be Activision coming out on top, for at least for this year on E3. Going forward, like you said, EA with the Star Wars games, if they're done right and promoted correctly, I think they could probably take that title next year because that's something I don't think 
Activision can match long term is because EA can pop out a Star Wars game and everybody would freak over. So, like me and myself as well. <laughs> and last question for the roundtable of doom. Last but not least, which third-party game are you looking forward to the most? Um, we've already talked about this. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. But if we're gonna, if actually, if we're gonna go outside of that, out of something that's already been announced, that I'm very, very super excited for, and you can actually hear about it in our CNC podcast that we did the other night. Um, Splinter Cell Blacklist. Good choice. Good choice. Very, very, very excited for that, and I cannot wait for it to come out. Meanwhile, I actually have uh, a choice a little bit different. Uh, it's from Ubisoft. I'm going to say, I understand we've seen a lot already, but I, I think Watch Dogs is still a top game that people have kept their eye on, and to me, I think that's something that, that I think to close the deal and make it one of the must-have games of this fall, um, to, to make it one of the must-have games of this fall, I think they have to show a little bit more to seal the deal with gamers. And if they do, I, I, which I think they will, I think they'll make that one of the top five must-have games of, of the fall season. I think, in my opinion, it's just, just my opinion, but I think it looks over like a very strong contender even more so than uh, its own brother, Assassin's Creed 4, so at this point in time. Right, right, right. So I think there's a little bit of uh, franchise fatigue on that series. Even though it looks great, I'm not going to complain about it, but unfortunately I think, uh, like Call of Duty, I think it's suffering from franchise fatigue, and I think the title, a brand new IP like Watch Dogs is ready to, to pounce on the, on a new market, especially if it comes out for all, since it's coming out for a lot, lot of systems. So, mm-hmm. I, know, I agree. Well, and then on that agreeing note, then I guess that's going to do it for this edition, episode seventy-five for the World Famous Game Source Podcast. Remember, if you have not listened to them yet, our Microsoft, our Sony and the special CNC E3 2013 preview podcasts are up on our site at yourgamesource.com. You head out over to either the front page or also as well the podcast page, which has a listing of all of our podcasts. Or if you download our free mobile app, right there on the front page of yourgamesource.com, you can click on Chris's face or check out the link uh, from you know, our Conduit link. And our thanks to Conduit for that. Uh, which you can get at Game Source on Facebook, where you can read all of our great news that's coming through, all everything that's happening in the world of video games. And I just want to say right now, it's going to be a little bit more as far as E3 previews going, because next up will be Nintendo and our thoughts on where Nintendo is headed. Be nice now. So. <laughs> but as be that as it may, once again, this is Gerald, better known as Yes Elvis Lives, and for Mr. Corey, GA77ER, if you get a chance, check out his page, GA77ER, at yourgamesource.com. There's a lot of great articles that he's produced already, and like you said, he's going to be putting out State of Decay, hopefully very soon. Definitely very soon. Yes. So, uh, like I said, it's been great having you on the podcast. I 
I can't wait until you guys head on down to E3 for all the great podcasts, all the great interviews, and all the great videos you're going to be able to provide us. We're just greatly appreciative of it. And, uh, you know, just want you to be safe and have fun while you're down there, my friend. All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, my gosh. So between you and Seventh Valkyrie calling me sir so many times today, I feel, uh, you know, hanging around Nick, I feel old enough as is. That's my How, old is How old is Nick? Uh, 23, something like that. I think he matches his IQ, 23, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, we won't go into that. But he never listens to our podcast anyways, which is awesome for our podcast host. But uh, speaks wonders there, doesn't it? Right, right. Exactly. So, for for me and for Corey, we just wanted to say thank you for listening, and we hope you catch us again next time on the E3 2013 Preview Podcast and all of our great podcasts here at YourGameSource.com. Have a good one. You could have you could have let us out with. Usually, you say something good at the very end. <laughs> Yeah, well, I almost said you too. <laughs> you guys have a nice day. You too, Jeremy. <laughs> Fair enough. And remember, this Game Source podcast was brought to you in part by the GPG, the Gamer Protection Guild. Find them and like them on Facebook at Gamer Protection Guild, fighting for your rights as gamers.